Good evening and welcome to the Dollar Dogs and Beer podcast. I am your host, Andrew, and this is episode number 75, the 2023 AL East preview. Joining me tonight, as always, my great co-host, Jason and Joe. And then we have a guest host tonight, Jim, from Huddle Up Tuesday and uh, Three Count Thursday and formerly Big Jim Sports. Because, uh, my God, the guy has you know too much to do with his free time, I guess. Yeah, way too much, apparently. <laughs> and also uh, kicking my ass in the golf course anytime we've ever played. <laughs> well, I do he does best. that. I do yeah, my he does best. <laughs> so, guys, how are you doing tonight? It was, uh, you know, we were supposed to be on last week. We had a lot of birthdays. Uh, Jim, your wife, Dana. Jason, your wife, Karen. My birthday were all last week, so... Uh, it was just easier to push things forward a week uh, because, let's face it, none of us wanted to sleep on the couch for forgetting a birthday. <laughs> well, I mean, and and uh, our wives actually share a birthday. They were both on the same day, so it was uh, double whammy there. But we uh, were very excited to be able to spend time with our wives on their special day. Well, of yeah, course. Sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's the most important thing. Joe, you're uh, oddly quiet down the corner. How you doing, bud? Doing just fine. Doing just fine. I mean, it's been a rough couple of days i mean you know basketball has not been my friend no no dude i i feel for uh anybody who's a fan of indiana hoosiers right I, i'd ask if it was based off a of bracket or indiana but i'm pretty sure your answer would just be yes yes <laughs> well let's put it this way let's put it this way when i talk about the brackets i run a pool at work and when i do a bracket update i'm like you know when purdue lost and i'm like yeah, it may have hurt my bracket, but I don't care because rivalries are rivalries, and I hate Purdue. So, you know, I don't care about that one. I just was disappointed with the – I told you guys on, on Friday, I'm like, they're playing like they don't care, and Kent State's not making shots. And last night they played like they didn't care, and Miami was making every shot they took. So, Yep, that'll do it. I mean, to be fair, if we're talking about brackets, is anybody's bracket okay at this point? I mean, it's – it's simply a matter for most people of like, you know, what 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 team are you going to have in the elite eight that's going to beat somebody else's? I I in a couple brackets I did have Duke, which those are clearly just garbage now. Um, but I do have UConn in some brackets um, because UConn is pretty legit this year. Um, Sonogo, I believe, is their their big band and and as their center, he is a beast i i never really watched uconn this year but i watched their first couple rounds and that that dude gives me mb vibes with the way he plays i mean look as i had in the one at work i have ucla um so as long as i keep that alive and i finish higher than my boss i think i'm i think i'm yeah. good yeah i'm in that one too and i needed it i took a screenshot today because it showed me winning which will probably not be the case after this next weekend yeah, so you're, you're i think you're toasted that now. was that was my Duke bracket. So, yeah, you're toast. My every bracket I have filled out is just laying in shattered wreckage in the corner of the room. I'm not even looking at them anymore. This was, uh, I, I usually, I, I don't usually have a great bracket, but I can usually at least get close to half of the Sweet 16. No, not this year. Although I did get Penn State's upset over A and M, right? So that was at least nice. And uh, Penn State took the wrestling title to the surprise of absolutely no one. <laughs> yes, I'll say that's in, in, in related news. In related news, water is wet. So. Yeah, that was pretty much what eleven national titles in the last like twelve or thirteen years. Ten in the last twelve. Yeah, yeah, it's absurd. 
Yeah, they're more dominant than Alabama's in football, which I just like to keep saying over and over again because fuck the SEC. So um, anyway, let's get rolling into this, guys. Uh, so, Joe, we're going to start this with you. What are you drinking tonight? Because uh, Jason's got something for the rest of us. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm drinking Old Forester uh, on the rocks tonight. Nothing too crazy. Nice choice. That's smooth. Nice and smooth. Yeah. Solid. Um, yeah. So, uh Joe, uh, well, Andrew and Jim and I, we really love this Southern uh, North Carolina soda called Cheerwine. Uh, it's a cherry soda, and they recently came out with Cheerwine Ale. And um, I have uh, a friend who lives down in North Carolina. Her name is uh, Mandy. So I reached out to her. I was like, hey, the next time you come up, can you bring some and I'll pay you for it? And she goes, well, my parents are actually down here now. So she, they went and they brought it back up with them that weekend. So, uh, Mandy, uh, mom and dad, McCann, you, you are the real MVPs because this stuff is phenomenal. And I knew Jim and Andrew loved cheer wine. So I picked up a, a couple, uh, beers for them. Um, and, uh, cause I, I know Joe, you're not terribly big on the craft beer stuff, but, um, this stuff, you open it up and you can smell the cherries, Mm-hmm. Um, it smells like cheer wine and it just tastes delicious. Um, beautiful color. Um, yeah, absolutely tastes like just an alcoholic cheer wine. Yeah. I cannot wait till this is, uh, available up here. I will be, uh, consuming quite a lot of this. This is absolutely delicious. It's a good summer beer. It feels too. Yeah. Yeah. It's light. It's a light. It's, it's nice. Yeah, th- this is something I could see like pairing up with uh, like Lancaster County Brewing Company's um, the strawberry wheat ale they do. This would go really well with that, you know, throughout like a dinner course in the summer. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine doing like a beer bread with this? Getting that like cherry flavor bread with it? Oh, um, and the brewing company, I have not heard of this brewing company based off of the lines in their title. I'm guessing it's No Day. It could be Noda, but. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I would just like to remind you, Jason, that a foos fight's coming up. So uh, thanks for that idea. <laughs> yeah, we need to uh, get our uh, randomizer going for some uh, alcoholic food. Yeah. All right, guys. So let's roll into this. Um, the World Baseball Classic is going on. Uh, it's been a great tournament, a lot of great games. A um, couple updates. So the U.S. advanced on a go-ahead grand slam from Trey Turner to beat to, to defeat Venezuela 9-7. That's what got them into the semifinal against Cuba. Um, man, I hope Trey Turner keeps doing this for my fantasy team for the Dollar Dogs and Beer Fantasy League this year that we're doing with Ronnie. Um, cannot wait. Then you have Mexico, a huge stunner when they uh, upset Puerto Rico. They were actually down 4 nothing and came back to win that one 5-4. They are facing Japan right now, actually, that is going on. Um, Japan has not lost. They're, hope, they're not going to lose, hopefully, until the final against the U.S. tomorrow night. Uh, they annihilated Italy nine to three and then Cuba defeated Australia. That's four to three. That's how they got to the semifinal against us. And then last night we defeated Cuba in a massive route, 14 to two Turner hit two more home runs. He became the second player in team USA history to have a multi-homer game. He joined a uh, hall of famer, Ken Griffey jr. So that's always good company to be in there. Um, Goldschmidt also had a home run for RBIs. So we're going to play the winner of Japan and Mexico tomorrow night. 
Um, guys, my prediction for that is it's going to be Japan. It's probably not going to be close, although I'd love it to be. So Japan has to burn more of their good pitchers and not have them available for us. Um, but I think it's going to be Japan, USA. Uh, who do you think is going to win that? I mean, you, you know, again, USA is defending champs. I feel like Japan is in the finals just about every single time the world baseball classic has happened. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but it feels like it. Uh, Jim, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know, man. This this USA team just absolutely feels like they're just having a lot of fun and um, just they love hitting the ball and uh, they're playing really good baseball. Like they just, I I don't I don't know who can beat them right now. Like they just seem to be playing uh, with this confidence and like when you got Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, helping Mike Trout learn how to hit better, like. Good God! Like, look. I mean, that's not even. That's like a cheat code upon a cheat code. A cheat code. Up, down, up, down. A B A B. Yeah, right. Like, oh my gosh, it's not even fair. How to transform the best player in the game into Pablo freaking Sanchez? <laughs> my my concern with the U.S. is their starting pitching and their pitching depth. Yes. Um, a lot of the stars did not sign up for it. Unfortunately, I get why they didn't, but at the same time, it really is going to hurt this team. I think, um, try to remember who's going tomorrow night. Merrill Kelly, I think is who the U S is going to be throwing out. Um, and if Japan wins, it's going to be you Darvish. I believe I saw. So, um, I, I, I immediately went to the mindset of, well, I know Kyle Schwarber is going to get into that game, and hopefully he sends another 486-foot moonshot off of you, Darvish. Um, and uh, hopefully the uh, Philadelphia Philly Trey Turner, uh, Captain America currently, uh, <laughs> continues to to light up the pitching there. So I am so excited to watch him in a Phillies uniform uh, like I was before, but seeing him in this World Baseball Classic, I am so excited right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, by the way, I did look it up. Japan has finished no worse than third. Okay. So, yeah, they're always near the top in this thing. Joe, what are your thoughts? I'm with Jason on this one. I think the pitching is a little bit lackluster on the U.S. side of this. So uh, it's hard to bet against you, Darvish. So I would, I'm thinking Japan will probably take this whether I want them to or not. Yeah, I I, I really want to pull for the U.S., but the, uh, the, the stubborn analytic inside me says it's probably going to be Japan because, let's face it, pitching tends to win championships, although it does help when you can clobber the snot out of the ball, which uh, we've seen Japan show plenty of power as well. And with the U.S.'s uh, – a little bit lackluster pitching depth. I, I think it's finally going to catch up with us, unfortunately. I do think it's going to be a slugfest, which potentially does favor the U.S. because they do have the better bats. But That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, ultimately, I think it comes down to what, what type of game starts getting dictated. If the U.S. can jump out um, and start start to rattle the pitching, I think it's going to be their game. But if, if Japan can really start to pitch around our bats, uh, then, you know, like it's, it's the tale as old as time, you know, like, um, you know, which, which strength is going to outdo the other one first. And, and that, I think that's going to be the key in this one. And for the love of God, please don't let Angel Hernandez behind home plate. Yeah. <laughs> if Angel's behind home plate, the U S stands no chance with the, uh, 30 foot 
six inch strike zone that tends to follow him. So, well, I mean, the officiate has already been pretty suspect in the World Baseball Classic without having Angel Hernandez there. So, <laughs> spring training for everybody, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the I, I don't know how they pull the um, pull the umpires for the World Baseball Classic, but I'll look that up because uh, I am kind of curious now. Um, we have seen two high-profile injuries during the World Baseball Classic. Uh, first, which um, me and Jason noted very quickly, uh, New York Mets all-star closer Edwin Diaz injured his knee celebrating Puerto Rico's win. He's likely out for the season. It's a patellar injury. Recovery time six to eight months, but honestly, it's usually an eight-month recovery, so he will not be back. And frankly, I don't think the Mets, unless they're – playing for the World Series. I don't believe that they're even going to try and push that. They just spent a crap load of money on a closer this past season. Uh, don't screw up your future investment. So he's likely done. Then Jose Altuve, his hand was broken by a hit-by-pitch. It was a uh, from Daniel Barta, 95.9 mile-an-hour fastball. Just you know, got away a little too far inside. Um, he will be out eight to ten weeks minimally, although now he is going to require surgery, so the timeline is TBD at this point. Um, so, guys, I've seen a lot of outcry over the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I, I saw Keith Oberman in particular was particularly outspoken again. Yeah, I know, Jim. I'm with you. Particularly outspoken. Again. Oberman outspoken? No. I know, right? <laughs> right? Right? I know. Um, and... You know, he, he wants the damn thing to go away for good. We shouldn't be risking, you know, these star players, blah, 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 blah. Um, Joe, do you think with these two higher profile injuries, do, you know, is this something that we need to be concerned? Should we look at either moving the World Baseball Classic to another point in the, in the calendar year? Do we need to scrap it? Do we need to say no major leaguers altogether? What are your thoughts, man? I, I don't think before the season starts is a good place for it. Um, you know, most the rest of the guys in spring training are not playing meaningful outs right now, you know, where you're in a situation where there's a lot of that extra energy and a lot of that extra, you know, game game readiness that you're not right quite right for because you haven't been playing meaningful outs in a while. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily thinking we have to get rid of it completely. I would suggest moving it, you know, later – into the fall, maybe after the World Series, somewhere south where it's not cold. Um, and, you know, that that's one way to get around it, where guys are already fresh and already loosened up. And My concern with having it so late is you're going to have people who are coming off of the grind of a postseason um, and even the full 162 games that, they need that time to kind of heal and and rest up. Um, I don't I don't mind it where it is. Um, I I think if you look at these injuries, like yes, like the broken hand again, it happens. Yeah, it um, you, that can you happen anytime, right? And the uh, the injury to Edwin Diaz was in the hundredth percentile for freak injuries, like. You have uh, people who injure themselves walk into the clubhouse. You have people who injure themselves with like cutting vegetables with a knife at home. You know, um, this guy's stealing everything I was going to bring up from the group <laughs> chat. <laughs> but but like the, the main thing for me here, though, too, is like you have people getting injured in spring training. It 
it's gonna happen um and they have things in place to help protect the pitcher such as the 65 pitch 63 pitch count so i i think it's fine where it is i think the people especially the people calling for it to be canceled or or just not happen anymore that's way too ridiculous like you can't tell me looking at marlins park which has had more people over the world baseball classic enter its doors than in the entirety of marlins park history <laughs> like 40 some million people watching it across the across the world like this is a good thing for baseball and it needs to it needs to keep going on yeah i baseball needs something like this because they need to do their best to – they're not at any position to catch the NFL right now, but they need to at least hold position and not lose more ground to the NFL as far as popularity goes. Um, Jim, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the outcries for it to, to be canceled or whatnot I think are, are crazy. Um, I mean, most other sports have something like this like outside of the realm of, uh, uh, of the league. I mean, hockey has – uh, world championships that are played every year. Um, you know, basketball has 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 other things. Football obviously doesn't really because it's you know we're we're kind of the the kings there. But I mean, you know, I I, I look at it this way, and yeah, I mean, you you could take a, a pitch to the inside in spring training and and break your hand. Um, you could you know you could plant wrong at the grocery store because somebody's coming around the corner and. Um, you know, have some freak thing where your where your ligament goes out, or you could be getting up from a chair and, and plant wrong, or something like that. It, that I understand that the guys aren't going to be celebrating in that nature in the preseason uh, exhibition games as as they are in these World Baseball Classic games. But I mean, you can't deny that that these players are out. Um, you these players are out there having a blast. Like you can watch these guys and see how much they're enjoying playing the game of baseball. Um, you know, it's it's. I mean, every year when when the hockey when hockey teams get eliminated from the postseason, guys are going over to play in the World Championships wherever they are because they want to they want to continue playing the sport they love and they want to do it uh, to represent their country. So to to stop them from doing this because two guys um, freakishly got hurt in one week is is insane. Um, you know, if you, if you want to move it, I think it would make more sense because the tournament itself is only what a couple of weeks long. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know it's not the most ideal scenario, but do an extended all-star break and just don't do the regular all-star game that year. Um, you know, the NHL does a similar thing, uh, or did not anymore because they don't allow, uh, NHL players in the Olympics anymore. But that's what the NHL used to do. Every four years, you wouldn't have an all-star game. You would just have an extended break when when players would go over and play in the Olympics. So if you want to do it then, I think the danger of doing it after the fact is, like you said, you get these guys coming off the postseason. But you're, what you're also going to have is you're going to have guys that, that play 162 games and then are sitting around for a month and a half um and just as their bodies are starting to heal you're going to ask them to fire it back up um and 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 play competitive baseball i think you're going to run the risk of more problems uh doing it that way so i I think it's fine where it's at guys are they're conditioned to get into baseball shape by the time this thing rolls around Uh, like i said to me if you want to move it do it in the middle of the of the season and cancel the all-star game 
Um, and, and quite frankly, you may find it more successful um, in the midst of baseball season uh, if you do it that way. I mean, it's been an overwhelming success viewership-wise, but but you do it in the middle of the baseball season when everybody's already thinking about baseball anyway, um, then I think you could even have more of a cash cow there. And imagine having an international home run derby in the middle of it. Awesome. <sighs> Along with those lines, like having it in the middle of the season over the summer, baseball is the only sport going on in, yeah. in that June, July area. I mean, you have the Stanley Cup play finals and the uh, NBA finals in June, yeah. but the All-Star breaks usually like first or second week of July. Yeah, there's nothing. So else. There's nothing else that people will be watching. I mean, you, all, you already have 45, 50 million people watching this worldwide. Imagine having it when there's nothing else on. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it started this year, March 8th. It's ending March 21st. So it's 13 days, two weeks. I mean, I, I know some managers might not like shutting down most of their roster for that long, but let's be real. They would be salivating at the opportunity to rest most of their starters and give them a little extra rest for the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Especially teams that are kind of either, in a play in a playoff spot almost guaranteed or on that playoff bubble you give your best uh pitchers an opportunity to uh rest up and 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 kind of reset um yeah i think it's a it'd be a huge opportunity for these teams yeah yeah it's definitely something that uh it would make a lot of sense to do that um yeah i'm definitely of the opinion of you guys don't cancel it please don't cancel this has been phenomenal to watch so uh yeah so long as the world continues to ignore Keith Oberman when he's spouting off, uh, all will be well. <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about that. Probably not. All right. So let's move into the AL East preview. We will start worst to first, as we've been doing with all of these. And we will open up with the uh, Boston Red Sox, who last year. Can, went- can we just pause for a second and bask in the fact <laughs> that it's not the team that we probably all would have thought would have been in last place? I'm just saying. And the fact that not only is it not that team, it's the Boston freaking Red Sox. Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel like the only thing that would have made it better is if it would have been the Yankees down there. Uh, yes, that would have been the only thing that would have made it better. But the fact that it's the Red Sox is a close second. We are not starting with the Orioles. Mm. Love that. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, the uh, – Boston Red Sox in fifth place last year, 78 and 84 record. They dropped 14 wins from 2021. I mean, this is a team that came out very early and uh, to the playoffs two years ago and uh, could not maintain that success last year. Johnny, how you doing, buddy? Glad you could hop on. Uh, Johnny cut my hair earlier, so that's why I look far more presentable than normal. And yeah, yeah, feel free to use that rather loosely. Just a warning, guys. Johnny is a Yankees fan. <laughs> I, I don't know if he came, if he was in fast enough to hear my shot at them, but uh, be, I'll be more. He's used to it. <laughs> All right. So looking at the uh, Red Sox depth chart, uh, catchers, you got Reese McGuire, Connor Wong, first base, uh, Tristan Cassis, Christian Arroyo at second, Rafael Devers at third, uh, Kike Hernandez being moved into the infield at short. Outfielders, you got Masataka Yoshida, Adam Duvall. Bye, Adam. Not, not going to miss your 200 strikeouts. And uh, Alex Verdugo, DH Justin Turner after they in the uh, 
and the uh, Dodgers decided to swap DHs without trading them. Uh, sorry, Boston LA got the better of you on that one. Pitching wise, Chris Sale, if he can ever stay healthy, Nick Pavetta, Corey Kluber, Garrett Whitlock, Brian Bello, James Paxton, uh, closer Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, John Schreiber, Tanner Houck, and Joely Rodriguez. They were pretty active this offseason. Um, they did re-sign Rafael Devers to that monstrous 11-year, $331 million deal. They picked up uh, Masataki Yoshida for an utterly insane five-year, $90 million. I think I sounded off on this one a while ago, but five years, $90 million for a guy that is below average on defense, which is fine as a left fielder in um, – that's fine as a left fielder in Fenway Park. There's not a whole lot of ground to cover there. But he's a left-handed bat. I mean, he's got good contact, but, you know, that's a huge area to trying and hit a home run on the right-hand side of that field over there. I just – the deal is utterly insane. And as we've seen, a lot of these Japanese superstars, they're not coming over and performing like superstars in the major leagues. Five years, 90 is just mind boggling. I mean, Joe, the Cubs last year signed Seiya Suzuki to less than that, I believe, or was it just a little bit more? I can't remember. Anyway, somewhere around there. Yeah. And Seiya was about a two war, three war player last year, and he was a superstar over there. So there's always that year of. Well- I mean, with with Saya though, you have to keep in mind that he was hurt a majority of the year, mm-hmm. so that's just a short time that he was playing. That he yeah. was a two three war player, so who knows what he would have been, you know, had he played the whole year. True. Uh, plus, I expect that to improve because he's. I mean, he came into spring training jacked. He put on thirty pounds. So <laughs> yeah, that that'll help. And then they also grabbed a Corey Kluber on a one-year $10 million deal that can increase up to $2 million based on game starts with a team option next year as well. They picked up Chris Martin, another former Braves reliever, uh, two-year 17-and-a-half, which feels crazy for him. Given his I'm age. impressed he could take the time off of performing with Coldplay to do this. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> um yeah, I know. Kenley Jansen, two years, $32 million. Justin Turner went one year, 8.3. Player option worth 13.4 for next year with a buyout. And Alberto Mondesi, one year, $3 million. And Adam Duvall, one year, $7 million. Um, they lost some talent, uh, like I said. Xander Bogarts is gone. Nathan eovaldi has gone. J.D. Martinez is gone. Rich Hill is gone. Michael Waka and Tommy Pham, they're all gone. Um, so, guys... I, I'm not seeing Boston going up anywhere in the standings this year. They lost a ton. They didn't really add anything of major value. Um, Again, the Yoshida, we're going to have to see how that goes. Corey Kluber is a shell of what he used to be. Mm -hmm. Kenley Jansen, I, I loved having Jansen last year. He's not the most reliable closer anymore. He has to completely change his windup because that old thing where he came set and then jerked his hips again. That will now be called as a bulk. He's also one of the slowest workers. I think he averaged 34 seconds in between pitches last year, which will not fly with the new pitch clock this year. So you have to wonder how that's going to affect him. Chris Martin's getting old. Turner is getting old. He's uh, I, They should have kept J.D. Martinez instead of Turner, if you ask me. Um, I, and I love Adam Duvall. I enjoyed his time with Atlanta. My God, he can hit for power, but he also strikes out a ton. I think he 200 strikeouts plus several seasons. So I, 
they were at what last year? 80, 74. I'm going to drop them. I think I don't think they're going to hit hundred losses, but I think I'm going to put them at like sixty nine seventy. I'm not I, I'm not seeing especially with this as much improved as all the other teams in this division are, and what is one of the deepest divisions in baseball. So uh, yeah, sixty nine seventy wins for me, and they are staying in fifth place. What do you think, Jason? Um, they're going to be losing more. Um, I think. Uh, Knowing that I was looking with uh, talking about this based off of um, a few Red Sox fans that I know, seeing what they're posting online, things like that. And they are already just not looking forward to the season. Um, not enough moves. Deal, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> at least, J- Johnny, at least uh, you can enjoy this this segment here where we're talking about just how bad the Red Sox are going to be. Um, but there's too many holes here. They got older. Yeah. Um, and you lost your, your best players in, in Bogarts, Eovaldi. Like, I... Yeah, I, they're, they're just there's too many holes here. And with the way that the rest of the division is, they're going to be in fifth place again. And I'm going to take them at. Uh, I'll give them 72 wins, 72. Um, and Johnny, you asked about the uh, Japanese players being burned out before they get here. That's more the pitchers that we've seen that than the uh, than the fielders. Um, look at Dice K in particular. Um, his arm was, uh, I, I mean, he had a few good years for Boston, but uh, he got hurt pretty quickly early on. And I was reading an article earlier about the, um, uh, I forget the guy starting tonight for Japan, but he throws like 104 and a half, 105 and a half. And, you know, that's the thing. A lot of these guys that they have that throw so hard, they get used up very early on and, yeah, they don't tend to translate as well when they get to MLB because they've used up most of their arm already. That is a good point, but I it doesn't really apply as much to the uh, fielders as far as I've seen. All right, uh, Joe, go ahead. What are your thoughts on the Red Sox? Yeah, I'd agree. There's, there's really not much better than last year. Um, you know, Justin Turner is a replacement for a guy who was a little better. You know, Chris Chris Sale can't stay healthy to save his life. So, you know, the the fact that you lost some of these other pitchers and didn't bring another starter in, a quality starter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go seventy four at most. All right. Within the division. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think we can all I think we're probably all thinking last place here, Jim. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, and what a shame too. Um, just <laughs> absolutely pains me. You to are say. just so heartbroken over this. I can I, tell. I lose sleep over it all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, they, they they clearly got worse. Um, and and if you look at at the additions, with the exception of Yoshida, um, you know he's kind of the one that stands out. One of these things is not like the other. Uh, the rest of their signings are are mostly one or one or two-year deals mm-hmm. they're they're trying to just patchwork to, to get through um what, what's going to be a, a, a bumpy season or two here um and, and i think that's what we're going to see um you know if the the only saving grace in terms of their record might be the fact that i believe this is the season where division there's a less 
divisional matchups. Yes. Um, so you might see them get back to 78 wins. You might see them creep into 80, but, but I don't think they're going to hit 500. And I think they, I agree. I think they're going to be that the last place team in the East um, coming out. And it's crazy. Just a couple of years ago, um, you know, they were, they were world series champions. So it, it's, it's wild sometimes to see how quickly things can change in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. But the other thing too, with the Red Sox is in 2021, they were, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle and were so damn good. And, you know, there was concern that they peaked early and clearly that was right. <laughs> yeah, they, they clearly did. <laughs> the uh, blue pills did not continue in Boston. Let's just, uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I, I'm not impressed. Um, you know, this is, it's going to be a long season for Boston fans. And if I remember right, Boston's a permanent National League crossover team that that permanent rival crossover, I believe, is Atlanta. So uh, I'm not upset to have extra games against Boston this year. Not even slightly. I do. think. Um, actually, I know they come because I have tickets for one of those games. Um, they are coming to Philly this year. So um, <laughs> that'll be interesting to see. Um, I particularly enjoy the uh, score bumper because it's boop. <laughs> which is much better than when Pittsburgh comes to town and you're playing with poop. I yes. mean, that could be a surprise to nobody, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many good baseball players historically from Pennsylvania. And yet this is what we're left with. <laughs> All right, Jim, how about your Royals, man? Yeah. I mean, last year um, can be found nothing short of a surprise. 83 and 79 finished fourth um, 31 uh, wins to the good uh, from the previous season, um, you know, finished above 500 for the first time in oh, God, a, a few years. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. Coming in with a depth chart, you got Rutschman, McCann, uh, Mount Castle, Frazier, Henderson and Mateo in the infield. Uh, Hayes, Mullins, and Santander in the outfield. Uh, Stowers is your DH. Uh, Means, Gibson, Irvin, Creamer, and Bradish as your uh, starting rotation. Uh, Bautista, again, as your closer. Uh, Perez, Tate, Givens, uh, Baker, and Hall um, rounding out the uh, the rest of the uh, of the bullpen. Um, not really anything in the way of re-signed players. Uh, when one of the beauties, I suppose, of being... Uh, kind of like the youngest and most inexperienced teams uh, in in uh, baseball, as you kind of have a lot of guys on these uh, early career deals and some other deals that you had you had kind of um, solidified in in previous seasons. So nothing in the way there. Um, you add Kyle Gibson uh, on a one year, ten million dollar deal. Um, Irvin Frazier. McCann. Have fun with Kyle Gibson, buddy. Well, <laughs> you can't always win them all, Jason. And and honestly. Um, probably at least in terms of what the Orioles uh, rotation has been in previous seasons, it's probably an upgrade. Um, cause like that's it's always, true. that's been one of the biggest issues for the Orioles for years has been, um, the, the starting rotation. They've, they've seemed to always have a solid bullpen. I mean, you get solid when you start going into it in the third inning, but, um, so the bullpen's been solid for years, uh, and, and, you know, starting pitching as a lot of teams in the league know can, can, can be a big, uh, can be a big Ooh. problem. Oh, Matt. Yeah, from Matt Mall. Gibson may be the opening day starter. That, uh, yeah, John Means might not be ready by opening day. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that so. that's certainly less than ideal, but, but for means you want to make sure that he gets, uh, gets as healthy as can be, um, yeah. for, for what will be the long season. Um, let's see also have, um, McCann was added in the off season givens as well. Um, the only losses, um, Jordan Lyles and, uh, Odor, um, out the door. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a very similar team that we're going to see. And, and, you know, I know, um, when I, I believe when I joined here last year, when we were talking about the AL East and, and the thing that I really just wanted to see out of the Orioles was some improvement. Um, I, I thought they had a really good core. They've had, they've had one of the best, uh, if not the best, uh, prospect pools for the last few seasons. And like, I still remember when, when, when they hired their manager, I was talking to my insurance agent, who's a huge Cubs fan, Mark Hove, right down here in downtown Lidditz. And, um, I said, you know, what's, what's the, what's the scoop on this guy? Cause he had, he had previously been a, a scout and everything in the Cubs organization. He's like, the guy knows baseball. So if they actually give him the time to, to cook, um, you know, not saying that the Orioles are going to be a, a world series contender or anything like that, but the team's going to get better, um, if they let it and they have to, for the first time in a long time to the Orioles management's credit, they've actually kind of let the organization build within itself and it's, and it's finally starting to pay off a little bit. Um, so kind of in the same light as we, as I was last year, I want to see more growth. Okay. So you, you're 83 and 79, four games above 500. That's great. Can, can we get in the conversation for a wild card spot? Like, I'm not saying you have to, I'm not saying you have to get one, you know, it's, and, and, and I think one of the biggest things with sports fans, and obviously I'm, I'm taking this one is mostly to heart, um, is you don't, there's some teams that you expect to be great. There's some teams that you expect to be, uh, deep into a postseason run. And if that doesn't happen, then it's considered a failure. Um, you know, like the Orioles had a, had a fantastic, like August and early September last year, kind of gave us hope that they were going to, they were going to keep it going, get into that, that wild card spot. And it kind of fell apart. Can't say I was surprised. There was no disappointment in me at the end of the season because this team outkicked its coverage. So, but now it's like, okay, build on, build on what you did and, and get towards a playoff spot. You know, you don't, you don't have to get one. You don't have to win a, a playoff series you don't have to contend for the american league this year J just improve it shows signs that this is working and it will continue to work and i, I honestly i don't see any reason why it why it can't like th this team loved playing um it was it was great to see baltimore fans get back and enjoying their team at the ballpark again um because that like that was never the thing the, the thing was never that baltimore didn't love the Orioles anymore. It was that the Orioles didn't love the Orioles anymore. Um, and, and the management didn't love the Orioles and their fans anymore. Um, so, you know, hopefully just everything they built on last year, I hope they can continue. Um, I hope they can add some more wins, you know, get into that, uh, 90, 95 win pocket. Maybe you catch another hot month. Um, that that's kind of, that's kind of my hope add, you know, Getting outside of the East again, I think that's going to be a huge thing too. Is when you're not playing every freaking week against one of the three best teams in damn baseball, I think could help this team as well. Um, and the Orioles have, have done well against some, even some of the harder competition outside of the division. So adding about five to seven more wins again, maybe you know, up to 10 or 11 more, I don't think is out of the question. 
uh, for, for a team that is clearly growing. Well, and Jim, you actually got to enjoy Orioles baseball after and like legitimate, <laughs> like, but like after the all-star break, you got yeah. to enjoy like games that mattered. You got to enjoy relevant baseball from the Orioles post all-star break. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a point I, I want to say it was in in like early August where they were a game out of first in the division I mean it, it was and not again not that I thought this is gonna hold this is gonna hold but like there was no reason to believe that it couldn't mm-hmm. like and, yeah. and or that even if you slip a little bit you can catch you know one of those wild card spots obviously um you know it didn't pan out but I mean yeah the fact that you know <laughs> I've always joked, you know, that, that, that it's, you know, I'm an Orioles fan until they're eliminated from the postseason. So I'm a Phillies fan on opening day. Like that, that, that didn't get to be a thing for me until, you know, really right down, uh, right down, I think to about the third to last, uh, uh, series, yeah. uh, the regular season until the Orioles were, they were the last American league team eliminated from the postseason last year. Yeah. Yeah. It was a heck of a season, man. <laughs> Uh, Matt, uh, if you're still listening and watching, um, Matt is also an Orioles fan. Um, he works with Jim and I. Um, so, Matt, I'll be curious to know your thoughts on on the team leading up into this season. And uh, if you want to throw a prediction as to uh, what they do this season, uh, win total and whatnot, uh, feel free to let us know. Um, yeah, Jim, I am with you. I They are going to get to 88 wins. I'm going to say 88 wins. And Jim, you are going to watch Orioles playoff baseball this year. I think the Orioles will get the third wild card spot. Um, and the reason I say that, not only are they returning their veteran core, they're returning their young core um, with the guy who would have been rookie of the year if not for the insane season that Julio Rodriguez had in Adley Rutschman. Yeah. Um, but the system, you're going to have a guy coming up soon um, at some point this year, uh, Grayson uh, Rodriguez, and he is going to be a stud pitcher. Um, I th- This Orioles team is going to be really good, I think, this year. I they, they can really surprise people. Like They surprised people last year being the first team to go from 100 losses to above 500 ball um but yeah, they're I mean, I mean you look you look at you look at their record over the past few years you know 54 and 108 they were 25 and 35 in, in the pandemic shortened season 52 and 110 uh in 22 uh in 2021 and then and then last year uh 83 and 79 i mean just and it, it's an insane turnaround uh yeah. so so all the credit to, to brandon hyde as well like that's 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 incredible uh baseball managing right yeah. there. Yeah. 2016 yes. was your last year above 500, so you were due. Yeah. So 88 wins, third wild card spot and if they get hot at the right time and they're playing good ball at the end of the season, look out. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? I'm going 92 wins. Ooh, wow. I like <laughs> to, it. To, to to quote uh your good friend EJ who has 100 teams. I feel it frisky about the order. <laughs> well, I'll take it on that one. I'll take it on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw them play at least once last year. That you know, like you said, Rushman is awesome. Um, 
Gunnar Henderson coming up this year will probably be the rookie of the year in the American League, as good as he could be. Um, you know, so there's a lot to like here. They did all that without John Means last year. Yeah, so. that, that's a big thing to remember. Um, and Matt even touched on that here. Um, but yeah, uh, Matt, you mentioned their bullpen. I mean, their closer is one of the best closers in the game. So I'm very thankful to have picked him up in the uh, uh, money uh, fantasy draft uh, fantasy league that I'm in with Matt. So uh, got Felix Bautista there as one of my closers. So I'm pretty, feeling pretty good about that pick. Yeah, Matt just said um, in his prediction, he thinks 90 wins is feasible. I like Corv and I ho- and I have hope that John Means can join the rotation at some point. Uh, Gray Rod is a legit ace potential. Kyle Gibson is the goat. I don't know about that one. Pair that with a lights out bullpen and a potent offense. I think we could sneak into a wild card spot. Guys, I'm going to agree with you. I do. I'm a little disappointed that they didn't grab at least maybe one or two more veteran guys, clubhouse leadership, that kind of thing, even just as a bridge to more of the younger guys. Um, the, you know, the thing that really disappointed me about the Orioles last year was that they traded Mancini at the deadline. I was really hoping they were going to try and make a push to get him back. You know, I, he, you know, Cubs gave him good money. I, you know, you can't blame Yeah, I honestly thought it, it, his was going to be one of those things where they were like, look, we, you never know, uh, with, with a guy like him in the situation with, with his health and everything that, um, you're never guaranteed another season. Um, yeah. So, so I kind of felt like that. At that point, it was all right. Let's let's move him. Uh, maybe he'll get a shot at, at a World Series, and um, you know, if 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 we can work a deal out um, in in the off season, we can get him back. Obviously, it it, it wasn't meant to be, but um, yeah, Mancini was such a, a, a tremendous uh, you know ambassador for for baseball and, and for Baltimore. He loved the city. You're kind of feeling like it's uh, like a Bruins rape work kind of situation when they send him to the Avalanche. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of a deal. Yeah, and, and and that's exactly what happened. I mean, he was able to get his ring. Uh, he's the only he and Dusty Baker are the only reasons I was even remotely yeah happy. Like they, I was happy for those two people. That was it. Um, <laughs> I feel like you're pulling teeth to pull that one out there, Jason. Yeah. Another comment here from Matt. Uh, what made it worse was Mike Elias hinted that we'd be active in the offseason. We go out and get Adam Frazier and Nomar Mazzara. Yeah, it, like I said, Matt, I yeah, that's the one thing. I, I really wish the Orioles would have been a little bit more active. Um, I understand you don't want to block the young guys coming up, but you can do these one- to two-year deals like yeah. Boston did. Um this is a case where you want to do one to two year deals. So you don't have right. you know, veterans locking up these young guys. If the young guys outplay the veterans, let them come up. You know, that that's how it is or in your spot. Yeah. Before so, you give your, your, your prediction, Andrew, I mean, I'm, you know, looking at the standings from last year, I mean, the Orioles would have been in, in even with playing within their division more, the Orioles would have been just records alone, second place in the central third place, um, in the West. And if you get into those divisions where you're playing, you know, if you get into the central, you're playing three teams that are sub 500 or, yeah. uh, you, you know, you, you know, out in the West, same situation. Um, who knows what, what, what they could have done. So that that's, that's again, why my, why I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I'm never going to bank on it because you can, you know, n- no thing is ever a short thing, but 
you know, you got to think if you start to play more competition outside of the best that, that you're going to, you're going to see some improvement. It may even be harder to crack, you know, above you because those teams are also going to be doing that. Um, but maybe you can, um, you know, you can, you need seven wins to uh, outlast what Seattle was. Yeah. you know, last year. And, and that, that's kind of the hope for, for that last wild card spot. And you're going to get to play the nationals. You're going to get to play right. the reds. Uh, you know, the, well, the pirates, I think are going to be better this year, but you're still going to get to play those really, yeah. really bad NL teams. Finally. How, how about the uh, Rockies and their uh, owner who thinks they somehow have 90 to 95 wins in them? Because clearly their owner is uh, smoking some of the in-state. I uh, say it is legal out there, so <laughs> can't fault them for it. Yeah, Jim, you might have missed that. I, I I actually found that quote when we were doing the NL West show. Uh, yeah, he actually went public in an interview and said, "I believe this team is capable of winning ninety to ninety-five games." Bold strategy, Cut. Let's see if it plays out for him. <laughs> right. So I, my prediction, guys, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go right in between Jason and Joe here. I'm gonna say 90 wins. I, I do think that they will be able to slip into that third wild card spot. Not guaranteed, but I, I, I definitely see the potential there. I'd love to see it. Honestly, it'd be nice to see Baltimore relevant in the uh, postseason again. I would just totally enjoy that because, let's face it, Camden Yards in the fall with a with a with a crowd that's just electric that's a beautiful place to watch some baseball oh man that last that, that the last time they made the postseason i mean that place was sold out and rocking it was it was awesome yeah yeah i, I mean and the, the other thing for uh baltimore here is the uh the, the one thing that i was a little upset about this offseason it has nothing even to do with the players on the team but they removed the baltimore sun clock from their scoreboard yeah. um but I, I mean, I think uh, looking at their record here, I know we said they're gonna we're predicting a third wild card spot. Um, to also clarify where they wind up in the division, I think they'll end up being they'll jump up a spot. I think they'll end up being third in their division this year. Yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with it. Yep, I agree with that actually. All right, so let's move on to last year's third place team, the Rays. Uh, Joe, take it away, man. Yeah, last year, 86-76, good for third in the AL East in the third wild card spot. Swept by Cleveland in that wild card round, two games to none. Uh, they, their win total dropped 14 from 2021 to last year. Uh, catcher, uh, Christian Betancourt, uh, first base, Yandy Diaz, Brandon Lowe at second, uh, Juan Franco at short, uh, Randy Arozarena, Siri, and Margot in the outfield. Harold Ramirez at DH, uh, McClanahan, Rasmussen, Springs, Eflin, and Yanni Torinos in their starting rotation. Uh, their closer, uh, Pete Fairbanks, J Jason Adams, Jalen Beeks, Ryan Thompson, and Colin Post uh, in the bullpen. Uh, their big re-sign was Yanni Diaz, three years, $24 million. Uh, Jeffrey Springs was four years, $30 million. Uh, Fairbanks, three years, $11 million. The other acquisition in the offseason, Zach Eflin, that massive three-year deal for $40 million. Uh, hopefully they get something out of that, but I don't see that happening. Um, their biggest losses here, uh, Kevin Kiermaier in the outfield, uh, Corey Kluber as a pitcher, uh, G-Man Choi at first, Mike Zanino a catcher, 
uh, Yarbrough, another another left-handed pitcher. Um, you know, so I I feel like they got worse, in my opinion, as as a ball club. So I see them dropping um, into that fourth spot in the division, um, just ahead of the Red Sox. Probably, I'm gonna go 80 wins. 80 wins. Okay. I just don't think they got any better, and I think the Orioles are much better than they are. I think the Blue Jays are better than they are. And McClanahan, if he can stay healthy, is only good for, you know, a couple of starts. He's not going to change anything in that win total. Yeah, he, he pitches once every five games. He's yeah. not, you know, or it, as bad as the rest of this rotation is, he's not the kind of guy you want to run him every four days, three days throughout the season, just try and steal wins. Yeah, that Zach F1 deal, man. Um, wow. Um, you know, Honestly, Kyle Gibson one year, ten million. That's really not a bad deal, especially when you look at <laughs> this free. It's all about perspective. It's Zach all Gaffin, about three perspective. years, forty million. I, I I understand he pitched really, really well in the postseason last year. I get that. He didn't the pitch thing, three years, forty million. Well, <laughs> but the, but the thing is, he pitched well in the postseason as a relief pitcher. Yeah, that's true. He too. he did not start for them because. Um, and it looks like that he's going to be a starter for the Rays. But um, you get him through the lineup one time, great. There's a couple innings for you. But he's not going to stay dominant a second time through that lineup. Um, I, yeah. Uh, I, 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 Ronnie and I saw that firsthand last year. So um, yeah, I was... Ronnie said bye bye F one in the yeah. <laughs> if they wanted to break, if they brought him back as a relief pitcher, I would have been okay with it. But for him to sign as a starter, nah, I'm good. Three years forty, that's just nuts. Yeah, especially especially with the deals that they, that the Phils ended up making in the offseason, I'm quite all right saying goodbye to Zach Eflin. And that was one of, the, if I remember right, that was one of the early pitching deals that was signed in the offseason. He was the first one, I think. Yeah, so it really, uh, Eflin really screwed up the uh, pitching market for everybody else who was trying to find a bargain starter. Um, yeah, wow, I, I am blown away by the, uh, by that deal. So, Jason, what are you thinking? Um, too many gaps here. Um, they, I think they got worse. Um, Seventy nine wins and fourth in the division. They're going to be behind Baltimore. Okay, Jim. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not – I think it's not even that Tampa got worse. I think it is just that Baltimore got better. So I think they I think they probably um, – and I, I, I feel almost scared, uh, you know, saying this, but but I like I, I do – I see them slipping down to that four spot. I think the Orioles um, move up a little bit. And, yeah, I think they're going to be more um, – probably closer to the, you know, 80 to 82 um, win mark. Uh, for uh, for Tampa, I do think the win total is going to drop. Um, I think that's almost a foregone conclusion. I don't think it's going to drop too far. I'm thinking 83 to 84 wins. Um, and the reason I think that is because we keep going back to the new schedule where they're not going to have to play as many games in the division as they were previously, and they'll be able to have the opportunity to beat up on some of the weaker teams in the NL. Um, I, I still think though they're going to drop to fourth place. Like I said, I'm thinking 83, 84. I mean, they were really, uh, 
that your only pickup is Zach Eflin? Really? <laughs> I not really a yeah, rescue strategy, God. <laughs> yeah. There were uh, so many options out there, and Zach Eflin's the guy you decided to dump your uh, massive amount of wealth into. And this brings back the same point I've brought up a few times. We need a spending floor, not a spending cap, because maybe crap like this wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's been that's been my point with baseball for years. Everybody talks about just a salary cap, and it has to go both ways uh, because there are there are organizations um, that that like to be like poverty organizations, basically. That, that don't want to spend any of their money. I mean, for years, I, I've screamed into the void um, about Baltimore being one of those teams that has the ability to bring in, um, you know, uh, uh, comparable players and just, nah, we're good. You know, we're comfortable being, you know, everybody's can to kick down the road. Um, so, yeah, it's it's got to go both ways for it to work. Yep, agreed. The other thing too is, I mean, if if you're given a choice between playing in Ca- at Camden Yards and Tropicana Field, <laughs> yeah, that's not even a question. No. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, I, I was listening to the the President Steve show. Uh, we're down at uh, we're down at Philly on on Friday um, at the stadium in Clearwater, and they had a couple of the Phillies players on. One of the guys that um, I guess had been in the Tampa organization they were asking about like some of like the weird rules with the with the trop like some of the catwalks like if you hit him it's a foul ball summer in play and he goes hell if I know <laughs> like yeah. like you're playing in such a crap hole that nobody even knows the rules of playing in said crap hole like it's just yeah awful I, I visited that crap hole uh we went to a Rays game uh on our honeymoon they played the Yankees so the stadium was like 5,000 fans instead of 2,000. Um, and 35 and a half in Miami. And it was, it was neat to see the catwalks that they talk about, but it is an absolute dump. Um, the touch tank for the Rays is kind of cool because you get to pet a, pet a ray, but you're also limited to like five minutes. You can do that in the Baltimore Aquarium. <laughs> right, right. And then, and then catch a game at a real ballpark. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, and, and I we did get seats like 10 rows off of the field behind the Rays dugout for like 20 bucks. I was going to say, did they pay you for him? Like, I mean... um, and although we couldn't really see him, John Cena was right, sitting right behind us. So, How would you know? <laughs> Just heard the voice. Just saw like a floating hat and yeah. jean shorts. Like, I, I mean, they 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 sh- they put him up on the uh, jumbo board, and I'm like, there's no, there's empty, nobody there. It's on empty suite. <laughs> Honest to God, and you know, yeah, here, absolute here, dump. Here's the thing: there is only one stadium that is worse in MLB that I can think of, and that's Oakland. Um, I can, consi- considering the the uh, the sewage lines regularly back up into both clubhouses. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only one that is worth that. <laughs> Try. Yeah, at least the players aren't going. What's that smell? Oh, that's our own shit. <laughs> that's not our plane. Like, that that's the crap. That's literally <laughs> the sewage that's uh, seeping up into the dugout. Imagine oh, the quality of the baseball in that stadium. So yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean Tampa. I, I know they're working on a new stadium. Uh, good God, they need to 
crank that out at record pace. This is the time where if this is a mobile game, you are giving up your credit card to get as many gems to rapidly, instantly build a new stadium as quickly as possible. But but they've been working on that new stadium since they started playing at the Trop. I know, which is almost as long as Oakland's been trying to get a new stadium out west, too. I, I think Oakland's just going to be moving, period. But Yeah, it, it seems more and more likely. Send them to Montreal, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, except then they've got to realign teams. Uh, let's try and avoid That's that true. if possible, because uh, I, no, I don't even want to consider who the hell they'd have to move around to make that yeah, work. Yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. All right, uh, Jason, how about the uh, Blue Jays? So the Toronto Blue Jays last year went 92 and 70. They got second in the American League East. They had the first wild card spot. And they got swept by our buddy Dave Gerhardt's Mariners in the American League wild card, uh, two games to none. They did get one whole win better last year from 2021. At least it's improvement. Their their, uh, depth chart here, you have Jansen and Alejandro Kirk as your catchers. Vlad Jr. at first, Espinal at second, Chabin at third, Bo Bichette at short. And you also have Whit Merrifield there as your utility guy. Um, the outfield, they have Dalton Varsho, who in fantasy has catcher eligibility. Thank you very much. Freaking. Um, I will absolutely love having him as my catcher, even though he'll be playing in the outfield. Um, and uh, then you also have Kevin Kiermaier and George Springer. Your DH is Brandon Belt. Their rotation is still pretty solid. In uh, Alec Manoa, Kevin Gossman, Jose Berrios, uh, Chris Bassett, and Yusei Kikuchi. And then in their pen, they have Jordan Romano closing, Tim Mesa, Anthony Bass, Chad Green, uh, Yimmy Garcia, Adam Simber, Kimber, um, and then Simber. Simber. And then their re-signed players, they didn't make any uh, have any re-signings, but they did acquire Chris Bassett, Dalton Varsho. Eric Swanson, Kevin Kiermaier, Brandon Belt, and Zach Thompson in the offseason. Um, they did lose a few uh, key pieces from last year in Teoscar Hernandez, Gabriel Moreno, Ross Stripling, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Rymel Tapia, and David Phelps. Um, so they're, they're still going to be a great team. I, I think there's there's not too much that they could really change. Um maybe a couple different pieces in their bullpen. Um, their starting rotation solid. Their lineup is going to hit. So I, I think, you know what? I'm, I'm Joe, I'm feeling frisky. I'm going to go with uh, first place. They are going to be your AL East winners. And they are going to have 98 wins. Wow. Well, okay then. Um, <laughs> Joe, are you feeling as frisky? Make it happen, boys. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot to like here. Um, I think, you know, having Brandon Belt, who can spell Vlad Jr. at first, and Vlad Jr. can DH, <laughs> um, that obviously improves your team quite a bit. Um, I think they improved a lot. Overall, uh, some places were, were replacements, but the replacements I think are slightly better. Um, uh, 
Uh, it's tough. It's tough. Maybe, maybe, maybe one or two extra wins. Maybe ninety-four. Okay. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling quite as quite as frisky. <laughs> All right, ninety-four wins. Are you putting them second? Um, I don't know yet. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's let's talk Yankees first. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. So you're saying uh, 94 yep. and placement TBD. All right, Jim. What are you thinking? All right. And look, I'm just saying. Um, you move the A's to Montreal. Okay. <laughs> okay. The Rockies go from the NL to the AL West, and then you move the uh, the Royals from the Central to the AL West and then you have the Montreal whatever's in the uh, in the AL Central. That's all I'm saying. It it's a, it's a, it's a it's a relatively easy shift. It's not dude Montreal's farther east than Toronto is. So are you going to move the Blue Jays to the Central? Don't overcomplicate it, okay? The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys are still in the NFC East, okay? Don't overcomplicate <laughs> things. Anyway, um <laughs> Man, no this this team uh, this team looks real good, um, and I wonder uh, if they're if they're better than the team that caused the the traffic gridlock the in the downtown Toronto the year that I decided to go on vacation there. Um, true story. I thought, yeah, October, perfect time to go to Toronto. Not going to have to worry about baseball traffic. Oops. Okay. Um, Are you sure it wasn't the Alouettes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but man, uh, yeah, I, I I like this team a lot, and you know what? I feel like I I I don't know if it's more that I like this team enough, or if I like the idea of the Yankees falling out of first place. So I'm gonna I'm gonna join Jason, and, I'm, and maybe maybe it's the Cheerwine Ale talk. Yeah, buddy. Um, but I'm gonna go a hundred wins. Wow! Wow! In first place, big. Man. 100 wins in first place. Wow. Okay. So it's not often that Jim agrees with me either. So this is saying something. Yeah. It's not even football season. That's when it usually does happen. Uh, At least with the NFL. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was about to say it's never going to happen in college. Um, And that's a okay. We'll keep the two Penn State fans up on top where they belong and the two Notre Dame fans down below. Might have set the screens up deliberately for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, guys, this is a this is a very, very, very good team. No doubt about that. Um, I'm not gonna be quite as rosy as uh, Jason and Jim. I'm gonna say 97. Sorry, right. you're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> or right. 97 wins, but I even with 97 wins, I'm going to put them second place in the East. I don't think they have enough to pass the Yankees yet, and I will tell you why when we roll into them. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to say about Toronto before I roll into the Yankees? No. Are you just trying to keep your mom happy? <laughs> my mom and my barber, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's good. No offense to your mom, but barber might be more important in that. In that. Uh, in that. <laughs> In that conversation a, i was gonna say it's a good thing you got your haircut today otherwise if, if you were to take the yankees second go see uh johnny tomorrow going up looking like me <laughs> <laughs> sorry is that your ear on the floor over there 
Yeah, yeah, about that. Anyway, so the Yankees last year, 99 and 63, first in the AL East, despite the fact that Aaron Judge basically had to single-handedly carry that team for the entirety of the second half. They were swept by the Astros in the ALCS. Um, the depth chart now, you've got Jose Trevino at catcher, Anthony Rizzo re-signed, Labor Torres at second, Josh Donaldson at third, which I know Yankees fans were praying to every god they knew to get Josh Donaldson shipped out of town. Sorry, guys, it didn't happen. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at short. They still have DJ LeMahieu to be the all-around infield utility guy to spell, guys. Outfield, and I like this. Aaron Hicks, Heron Bader, Aaron Judge, and then also Os- Osvaldo Cabrera as well. And then that, thankfully, because this is by far the best move for the guy, Giancarlo Stanton will be the full-time DH, which is where he should be. Um, not a great defensive outfielder anymore. And he's way too injury prone. Here's where I, here's what I like so much about the uh, Yankees right now, guys. They've got the pitching man, Garrett Cole, Carlos Redon, nasty Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, who now that he's a couple years off of his injuries, he should finally start to have some semblance of effectiveness again that he had a few years ago before he started getting hurt. Also, Frankie Montas. They've got Clay Holmes, who uh, filled in quite well when Aroldis Chapman decided to get a tattoo, get it infected, and uh, just pitch like utter garbage last year. Um, they also have Jonathan Lusega, Wendy, Wandy Peralta, Lou Trevino, Ron uh, Marincino, Michael King. The biggest, most important move they made was re-signing Aaron Judge to a nine-year, $360 million deal. I love a guy that says, hey, you're offering me not enough. I'm going to make a bet that I will be able to outplay what you want to offer me. And boy, did he do that with a flourish last year and got, what, like $134 million more than what was initially offered. Just absolutely ridiculous. I love to see players take the chance and then it pay off like that. That's just awesome. They resend Rizzo two years, 34 mil, club option for 25 for 17 mil. Um, they picked up Carlos Rodon, Tommy uh, Canley. They lost Jamison Talian. No big deal there, I don't think. Matt Carpenter, again, uh, Stanton's a much better DH. Ben Attendee. Ben Attendee kind of hurts, but really for what he got, he's not worth the money he got, I don't think. And of course, Roldis Chapman, as we were chortling about a few weeks ago when, when we did the AL Central preview. You got picked up by the Royals, man. <laughs> you know you've hit rock bottom when you go from being the Yankees closer to being the uh, prove-it closer of the Kansas City Royals, a team that will not give you very many save opportunities to blow. So, you know, all that said, guys, I like this team better than last year, actually. I think they're a little bit deeper. They got rid of Joey Gallo, I, which <laughs> that was I, – I still don't understand the deal they made to get Gallo two years ago to start with. Um, I think the Yankees are going to improve very slightly. I think 100 and 101 wins are not out of possibility. They That pitching is so good. Um, I'm going to say 100, 101 wins, and they're going to take first place again. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, I mean, I already have uh, Toronto going uh, big balls. Um, so, uh, you know, the Yankees, I guess, theoretically could go 99 and 63 again. And, and to me, um, you know, being being second, I, I think, you know, maybe they're going to be they're going to be in that conversation. Like it's going to come down. I, I really do. It's going to come down to them and, and Toronto for this division. So I, I think, you know, anything in the 90s, but probably mid even the high 90s is going to be your mark. I think it's going to come down to. Um, 
you know, the, the last couple series of the season for both of these teams. Um, cause yeah, as much as, uh, I got to choke down the vomit to say it like the, this Yankees team is really good, really, really good. Um, and you know, they, they, they've done as best as they can do. I mean, to, um, improve or at least stay on the mark of a team that wins 99 games a year ago, um, is, is no simple task and, and, and they've done it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have them in second, not much else really to say about it. It's, it's just, um, you know, I, I, it's one of those times I hope I'm very, very wrong and they just, uh, implode. <laughs> yeah. Short of a lot of injuries. Uh, I, I, I don't see an implosion happening to the Yankees this year. That that's just a stacked roster, honestly. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts? You know, I, Part of me is expecting an Aaron Judge hangover year. He just did way, way, way too much for them last year. T- to be able to repeat that just seems far-fetched. It seems crazy to me. Um, you know, the, the, if Harrison Bader is healthy, he's one of the best outfielders in the game as far as coverage area goes, mm-hmm. um, if he can stay healthy. Um, but, you know, that Josh Donaldson is the, is the big – question mark at third base you know whether he can he can get his back going again and be good enough at third to to make a difference for them um i said 94 for toronto right uh let me double check that sounds right though uh yes 94 for toronto you know what 94 for the yankees is going to come down to a tiebreaker for this division i like it nice Who do you think is going to win the tiebreaker? <laughs> I mean, that's a valid question. You got to have your champ. Um, do it. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh. Let's just, just say the Blue Jays that will move just on. Just pick something crazy. It's what Alex did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's go. Let's go with the the Blue Jays. What the heck? All right. Yeah. Love Blue it. That's All right. Jason, what do you think? Um, well, I guess it's a good thing that I do not see Johnny. Um, <laughs> Because I, I think the Yankees are going to have a, a little bit of a drop this year. Not much. Not much. They're still a fantastic team. Um, but I agree with Joe. I, I think Aaron Judge gave them a lot of wins last year that I think that they're due to have that drop off this year. He's. I doubt he repeats that 62, 60, whatever crazy home run total he had last year, um, giving them those wins. Um, Donaldson's a liability over at third. Um, and I, I mean, you do have some health concerns with some of the other players. I mean, even Aaron judge, you might have some health concerns there a little bit. Um, the, the good thing that the, for the Yankees is they do have a really good farm system. I think you will see a, a couple players potentially here this year. Um, a player who has been one of the top prospects for a while, um, if not their top prospect in Jason Dominguez, uh, the Martian, they call him. Uh, you might see him at some point this year. He's having a heck of a spring. 
He's and number um, two. Volpe is number one. I was going to say, and you're also going to have Anthony Volpe uh, potentially coming up this year. So um, they're going to be great. I I had what 98 or 99 wins for the Blue Jays. Uh, you had 90, 98, 99. Cause I went one better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so 99 wins for the blue Jays. Um, I think the Yankees are going to be in the 96, 97 range and be second in the division, but they'll still snag. Uh, I think they'll get wild card number one. I think they will be number one. I think you'll see, uh, Astros or, Mariners, whoever I picked back then, I think I probably took the Mariners as the division champs. So Astros, wild card number two. Baltimore Orioles, wild card three. Yeah, you picked Mariners. I'm pretty sure. I don't have the I don't have the sheet open, but I'm 99. I've been picking them the last couple of years. They're bound to win at some point. <laughs> well, or maybe I, I'm just maybe I'm just uh, uh, jinxing Dave's team. You know, that's a very, very, very valid, understandable thing to do. You know, it's always fun to jinx your friends' teams. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it comes down to the pitching for me. And the I think the Yankees have better pitching than everybody else does. That's why I'm going to keep them a little bit ahead. I, I think the thing for me is um, I, I think Nestor Cortez, you're going to see a little bit of a drop off from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I, I think Garrett Cole, I, I've. I've picked Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young for like each of the last couple of years, and he hasn't done it. You've picked Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young every single year this podcast has existed, <laughs> at least initially in the pre- So three years. Year. So three yeah. years. It's not like we've been yeah, around for 10 years. Do it again this year just because you have to. You know, I'm not going to because, well, maybe I should, and then he'll drop off again. <laughs> I'll be Wait, part of the plan. Have... Hold on a second. I drafted Garrett Cole, didn't I? That's why you're doing this. All right, Garrett Cole, Cy Young, confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, honestly, I think Toronto's got the better bullpen. There's less concern there. And and Rodon Rodon is already hurt, I think. I think he's expected to be ready to go on opening day, though. Or shortly thereafter. I I don't think it's going to be a lingering thing with Rodon. Well, and you're going to have to make Garrett Cole the starter on opening day because if he starts late, he's going to bitch. So, <laughs> I mean, he did that in Houston too. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. All right, guys. So that's the that's the AL East preview. It's going to be uh, one of the, <laughs> that's a deep race, man. That is a deep division. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite the bloodbath of next week's. In our final division, the NL East, I think that's going to be a bigger bloodbath between the top three. But let's be real, the uh, bottom team in the NL East is significantly worse than the bottom team in the AL East, as much as we all hate to admit it. (laughs) Um, Just wanted to give a live update quick on the uh, World Baseball Classic. Uh, In the bottom of the seventh, and I am shocked that I am saying this, Mexico is up 3-0 on Japan in the bottom of the seventh. Dang. Wow. I would not be upset to uh, see the U.S. try to get some redemption against Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't mind it either. Um, <laughs> I think that that would be a neat matchup too. you know, two teams that haven't met in the finals before. So that would, you know, uh, I don't believe Mexico's even ever made the finals. So that would be awesome to see them get to that stage finally. Um, so, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm guys. I don't know about you. I'm going to I plan on watching the finals tomorrow night and uh because it's going to be a really good, whether it's Japan or Mexico that wins this game, it's going to be a great game. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. What, what a great classic we've had so far. All right, guys. So um, Jim, you want to throw up your Twitter and everything? Yeah, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports. You can see it on the screen there for those who uh, are catching on the video side. Um, but yeah, plenty of uh, podcast projects. Um, Huddle Up Podcasts. We don't do the live show. We're in the off-season mode now. Actually, next week, we're going to record our first set of uh, off-season content. But also, we have a bunch of uh, um, singular uh, focus shows on the, uh, on the feed. Uh, so I do weekly observations just from the broad world of sports. Uh, we have EJ's uh, NBA podcast, Mike's NHL podcast. Uh, Matt uh, covers soccer and baseball together uh, on the pitch. So um, there's there's plenty of content still on the Huddle Up podcast feed. So uh, you can get that at Huddle Up podcast on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. Um, and then if you are a wrestling fan uh, at Three Count Thursday across all social media platforms, um, we have our weekly live show. We also have a Tuesday podcast that drops um that, that it's not just i mean the tuesday podcast is pretty much anything uh the next couple weeks are going to be a little more wrestling focused as we're in wrestlemania season but uh we also uh starting tomorrow kick off our ultimate fast food tournament um the the four regions are the entrees region the breakfast region the sides region and the dessert region so um we run through the fir- the first round uh on tomorrow's episode so you want to check that out Jim, can you give us a little preview of what we can look forward to with the with that tournament? Uh, like a couple of the matchups you have. Uh, yeah, let me pull up here. Um, let me pull I, up. I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very curious to know. Like, uh, do do you have them ranked by? Do you have them seated? Yeah. So the so so what I did is is I didn't tell the guys what I was doing, and, and I told them to send me um, for each region. There are five. Um, their five favorite like uh, fast food dinners, breakfasts, whatever, and anything that got multiple votes, um, those are the higher seeds, and everything else was just at random. Um, so let's see one. Let's see one of the big ones uh, from the entree region. Uh, let's see here. We had the. I think this one was one of the, the more interesting ones. The number three seed, Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich, uh, taking on the 14 seed Taco Bell Supreme Crunch Taco. Um, it turned out to be pretty <laughs> solid. Uh, let's see. From the sides region, uh, we had the uh, number five seed Chick-fil-A waffle fries taking on the number 12 seed Long John's Hush Puppies. Oh, man. That was, that was an interesting <laughs> um let's see from the desserts region we had the uh number seven seed chick-fil-a peach milkshake versus the number 10 seed mcdonald's hot apple pie and in the breakfast region uh let's see what was one of the really good ones there we had the ah the uh the number two seed sausage egg mcmuffin Taking on the 15 seed Wendy's sausage egg and cheese biscuit. So, yeah, like I said, you can actually head over to Three Count Thursday um, on all social medias now and see a preview uh, of the uh, of the bracket. Yeah, Ronald, it was hard to make this uh, to to put this tournament together without getting hungry. Um, Yeah, for for those that are um, just. For those that are just listening, Ron said, "Okay, I'm fat. This food talk is making me hungry." (laughs) Yeah, if you now. Now, Jim, are you going to be trying some of these to make your your picks? Like, 
Um, if you haven't tried them or ha- um, have you tried everything on here? Maybe only one or two things on the entire bracket that I haven't tried. They don't call me Big Jim for nothing. Uh, but if you head over to Three Count Thursday on Facebook and Twitter, you can see a preview of the full bracket. Oh uh, man! As we uh, as we kick it off, you said the uh, what was the dessert one? The uh, peach milkshake versus the hot apple pie from McDonald's. <laughs> I I think I would probably end up leaning that peach milkshake, and the reason that apple pie either came out ice cold or boiling lava hot. Oh yeah, that so will, that thing will ruin your mouth for a week. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, it's I'll like definitely have to be checking this out to see what you do. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a blast. Uh, so we'll record uh, round two on uh, this upcoming Thursday. Yeah, I, I cannot wait to uh, <laughs> see how this goes. This, you know, March is the time for brackets, of course, with March Madness. And uh, exactly. Jim, that, that, that might be the best bracket I've heard in a while. <laughs> Especially, yeah, we, uh, we were talking about food so much on, on, uh, on the Tuesday show. So I was like, you know what? Might as well lean into it. Three of the five of us are fatties, so might as well do it. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, guys. So um, you can see us uh, everywhere, all, all the uh, major platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, you can see us live on our YouTube channel, Facebook Live, as well as Twitter. Merchandise is at redbubble.com slash people slash DDAB dash podcast. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash dollar dogs and beer. On the Twitter page at DDAB underscore podcast. All three of us are on Twitter. I'm at PyroLord314. Jason's at JRecker300. Joe's at Jolton Joe35. We are presented by Dark Era Podcast LLC. We are sponsored by Whiskey and Blade Barbershop. Johnny, I told you I'd pick your Yankees as much as it pains me to do so. <laughs> Guys, may your dogs always cost a dollar. May your beer always be cold. Have a good one. We'll see you next week for the NL East preview. <laughs>